0: Why are we here essentially? Why do we go to work?
1: So never again have an IT project, but having business improvement or uh, Verksamhets improvement projects yeah. that happens to have tech in it.
0: Yeah, uh, very much so.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, um, great. And, and you said, you know, you're interviewing basically the different uh, clinical departments or teams yeah. or what, what do you call them? It's
0: Themes and functions.
2: Themes and functions. Very yeah. similar to Spotify. Ah, yeah, cool. We call it chapters and squads and uh, okay. guilds and things, but yeah, um, it's actually very. I'd similar. like to have
0: a guild at the hospital. That <laughs> yeah, would no <one> be cool. So <laughs> with you. clerics, in yeah. It. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, good
2: obliques. That's clerics. good. Um, and and you interview them for what to try to understand what to how to innovate more faster faster or what?
0: There's a, a number of things that we talk about. One is how we can implement new knowledge faster. What what are the obstacles to implementing new knowledge and, and new knowledge can come from research or it can come from, from other places, uh, yeah. other caregivers, other countries, but also other industries. So that, that's kind of interesting. Uh, and another part is, is yeah. to ask them, okay, so what what would you see as the most important aspects to work on right now?
2: Right. For what purpose? To, to just make... To make them operate in even more better yeah. quality and faster? or What so
0: w- What what are the big obstacles or, or threats that you see, uh, yeah. as well the as blockers, the big, so. big opportunities mm-hmm. that you, you would want to be able to grasp? Mm-hmm.
1: And and it sounded like you are thinking a little bit about wh- where your innovation and the way you run innovation is going, and if you're sort of s- tweaking it a little bit. So you're trying to now, w- with the interviews on this, calibrate are we going in the right direction and are we doing it in the right way
0: absolutely and and also what type of support do they need need? so so the third thing that we ask about is how do you handle this in in your organization right now i mean the the bigger one are are a couple of thousand employees and they they turn over a number a couple of billion sec so it's it's sort of medium-sized companies uh, in in their own right
1: yeah, and it's okay. going to be interesting to further down today, talk about what is innovation yeah. at the hospital. Yeah, but let's... Um, yeah, and I mean,
2: I think this is, uh, we're starting off with one of the hot topics directly, um, oh. but before we jump on to that, and I'd love to hear more about the interviews and, you know, how is that a good way to to get, like, an understanding from bottom up, so to speak, in really how to innovate? And, uh, I think that's something we we talked a lot about before. Yeah. You know, the top type, top down kind of innovation versus like really getting the understanding from bottom up as well. Yeah, which usually are the people that really knows how to do it properly, yeah. right?
0: And, and we do both. <clears throat> you do both. So so here's, uh, well, w- one one thing that we've also done is do this work together with our innovation partner Philips, who, oh. who we've worked a lot with uh, since the procurement of, of equipment to New Karolinska. Mm-hmm. But but you you need both. You, yeah. you need the buy-in from the top management. Uh, right. Otherwise, it'll just be, yeah, you know, shining sparks flying and a little bit, and then they'll die, yeah. because there's not the, the incentive to really implement right. operational. Well, the wise. fundamental
1: budget, the fundamental resources to yeah. commit. Yeah, the whole way is not there if you don't have the top. No, exactly. <laughs> and then why and why why is the bottom up so important? If I flip it,
0: well. Of course, you, you, you will meet lots of resistance if, you, if, if the, the change doesn't come from below. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, have, I mean I started at ABB, as I said, when working with uh, uh, in 1993 mm-hmm. when a pro- big big project called T50 was ongoing there. T50 was supposed to half the time from a signed contract to an accepted delivery cut that in half. That's a huge undertaking. And that was sort of the directive and the buy-in from top management. But then you go down into the shop floors and make sure, okay, so how can we do this? And that was very successful. Mm.
2: So you need to, uh, as you say in Swedish, förankra.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. Is it also the whole, I mean, like in in a lot of organizations, who really knows the process? Yeah. So I can see that in any organization I've been to that you need to go fight, quite concrete down to the people working on it who can tell you, well, that's the PowerPoint. But the way I do it Monday through Friday looks like this. So if you want to talk about half the time, don't talk about the PowerPoint. We need to look at the real process.
0: Yeah, and they know. So I go here and then I send the patient there and then I talk to this one there and then I have to call the municipality. That's how it really works. Yeah.
2: Yeah, cool. Um, let's Before we go too deep into this, uh, perhaps <laughs> we should so much fun. back check a bit and, and just ask, you know, for one, um. welcome here, Stefan. It's a true pleasure to, to have you here. Thank you. Um, and perhaps you can start to just give a brief introduction to your background and who you are.
0: Yeah, so I'm, my name is Stefan Blachos, and I'm, I'm head uh, of the Center for Innovation at the Karolinska University Hospital. Not the Karolinska Institute, which is a university. We are a university hospital.
1: So you are the, the hospital, not yeah. the university. Exactly. This is very important. Yeah, it's, it's really important. important. <laughs> it is a university <laughs> hospital,
0: so it's yeah. just not the
2: institute, it's no.
0: the hospital. Yeah. Exactly. Confusing, uh, but... Yeah, and I've, I've been in this position for about six years mm-hmm. uh, at the Karolinska for seven and a half uh, before that, I'm born and raised in Lund. I studied engineering physics. You can't
2: hear that on your vo- voice, though. Uh, oh, you no. come from...
0: oh, I have to yeah, work on it. that. I have no, to work on not. that.
2: I don't have to. It's okay.
0: When I talk English, <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah. Lund, um, I don't yeah. have a
2: lot of friends there, so it's a great city, of course.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I, I studied engineering physics, and then, then I went on to work for ABB. For a couple of years, went to uh, INSEAD to get an MBA, uh, came back to work uh, for GlocalNet. That was a, a, a hot startup in the late 90s. So the operator, 12 yeah. provider something. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was later acquired by Telenor. Yeah, Telenor, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and then another startup that came out of Ericsson Research Labs that, that didn't get famous <laughs> <laughs> was called Terraplay uh, then, then I was a CEO for a company called uh, Popwire. Uh, that I had to shut down. That was not so fun. Then I went to the Modern Times Group, MTG, uh, worked for Viasat uh, as head of mobile uh, of various mm. different things from 2007, that is pre-iPhone, yes. uh, to about the middle of 2011, which was around iPad 2. Mm. Uh, and, and That's a
1: real journey, those four years.
0: Yes, that was real fun. The CFO from Popwire said to me, Stefan, are you crazy? Are you going to work on mobile TV? Who the hell want, would want to watch TV on a mobile?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, we do I mean, it all of, all of us. These t- times, of course. But at that time, know, no one believed that's that's a- that mobile phones could be, you know, the premier device yeah. that yeah. we all have and use today, of course. Yeah.
0: That's no, that funny. was fun. Then I went on to become the C- CTO at the Stockholm Gro- Globe Arenas. So that's the Globe, DNX, uh, mm-hmm. Hovet, and And then... The Stockholms Arena, which was transformed into Tele2 Arena. And I left there about the time that we opened the doors to the Tele2 Arena. Mm. And then I went to Karolinska.
1: So you had to install the systems for these arenas? Yes. Well,
0: at least procure them. Procure them, yeah. No, you I'm didn't honestly. go down and, no. No, I had colleagues who did <laughs> But as a,
1: as a CTO, you had to override over- yeah. overarching responsibility.
0: Well, actually, that that was a, a bit of an interesting journey because when the, the arena was prospected early very much earlier on, there were no smartphones. There were no such devices that, that you say that, okay, that the tech inside the arena is going to be you know, fairly standard arena. It's very
1: interesting how much has evolved. So when you plan for an arena that should be up and running for 30 years, I yeah. don't know. Crazy. Or even more. Even more, yeah. If you look at uh, Stadium, Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah. To- <laughs> so
1: <laughs> and, now, and now there's
0: and new so at Söderstadion. Of-
1: yeah. Yeah. And that, and in the middle of this this tech shift, yeah. mobile first. Yeah. Very
0: and, interesting. And so we had to re- completely yeah. redefine and worked with Cisco. Uh, we were kind of early with what then was called Cisco Stadium Vision mm. uh, as a concept. So so really you can stream HD video to thirty thousand mobile phones in that arena. That would wouldn't, have been, wouldn't have happened understand. if you if we hadn't gone through. So, what will people want to do in arena? What can we do?
1: So you you that's that's in a way innovation at its yeah. core to try to understand where is this going right now. Yeah. I ne- I need to think ahead for what this re- arena because some of this stuff you really want to put it co- as as part of the infrastructure yeah. of the arena. I guess it's yeah. going to be so much harder to do it afterwards.
0: That would be almost impossible, mm. or very expensive. Very I mean. expensive.
1: Mm. And very I know you, you're a
2: frequent speaker as well, you know, and did a number of events and, and, and really good at like communicating, uh, even technically difficult things to, to talk about. And, and that's really impressive, I think. But if you were to, to just speak a bit more how you came into Karolinska, so to speak, <coughs> what was the introduction there and, and how did that happen?
0: Well, uh, it happened so that we were procuring uh, med tech equipment to the new Karolinska uh, and uh, the person responsible for that who who then recruited me uh, was also very much forward thinking saying that uh, technical development goes so fast and we don't want to become obsolete the day, I mean the day we open the doors to the new hospital. So that means that we have to be sure that we can have development, technical and other development with the winners of those procurements. So we introduced the concept of a innovation collaboration, as something we requested in that. And it, it, it was an item that we actually evaluated in different packages. It was weighted more or less. But this
1: is extremely impor- important and interesting from an LOU perspective, yes. not to only end up competing on price. Yep. B- because this is something uh, that can be talked about a lot in the offentliga sector on how we yeah. can procure...
0: Yes, we do a lot of that. So I've had to learn <laughs> so much more about procurement since I came to, to this place than I ever thought I needed to do in, in, in innovation. But it, it's really a key mm-hmm. on how you can collaborate and what you can and can't do with, with uh, commercial parties as, as a public.
1: Is, this is even entity. a topic in its own to understand oh, yeah. I, I, how do uh, how in a hospital we can do innovative procurement. Could we put that on yeah. the list? <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is a it is. brilliant topic.
0: Yeah, actually it is. When, when we, I, I, as I was talking, we, we slightly twist or, or, or focus some of our tasks as in the center for innovation. And one of them is collaboration with the industry and how we can use procurement as a, a strategic tool for, for driving innovation. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: not the blocker.
0: No. Exactly. <laughs> we should always have
2: Matthias here. It's another friend of us. He's a professor in shopping and he actually <laughs> do research in procurement. Yeah, this one of we his, need to uh, have. This few. is a good uh, mental note yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he has a lot of t- opinions about this. Awesome. Um, so <coughs> that is how you got introduced, at least, to Karolinska, and, yep. and how did the move into Karolinska yeah. happen? Uh, it
0: was a huge shift. Mm. So. Uh, <coughs> I, I noticed there when I, when I started that I was really tired every day that I came home. In right. a similar way, since when I was working for ABB and I was uh, in, in Chile for mm. uh, a bit more than half a year, the first two months there before I learned Spanish, I was also completely exhausted after work. Right. So as the brain processed Spanish. Now no
1: Latin, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no Latin. A current language. Uh this lasted at Karolinska for, for almost six months. Okay. So much was so different and so much to learn. Absorbed.
1: What yeah. is this all about? How yeah. does it work?
0: Then, of course, I was a bit older, so I yeah. learned slower. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was it, it was a huge shift, both in terms of language, what what, what are the traditions. Uh, it, it's a place where extremely many very, very smart people work. Mm. So, so you... There is no room for sloppiness or, 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 you know, let's cut a corner here at all.
2: And did the Center for Innovation exist at that time? Yeah. Okay. Um, Can you just, um, you know, how did that move into that? Because you didn't start there directly or did you? No.
0: no. I started at a a function called development and innovation. Mm -hmm. And, And that part was responsible for all med tech, all IT. The large procurement programs uh, yes. that went into the NKS and the Center for Innovation, which was sort of a small thing here yeah. at the side, at the side of it.
2: And but you got interested, or has that always been a passion for innovation, or what made that move happen? Um, and how did you become the head of Center for Innovation?
0: Well. Uh, e- I've, as as you heard, as I, I talked about what I've done throughout my career, I, I don't stay too long in in a, any given place. So before Karolinska, my personal record was 4.75 years
3: <laughs> <laughs> at the
0: same place. Uh, uh, and uh, say around 2005 or so, I was walking along a beach with a friend and we talked about life and everything. So, and and I was sort of reflecting on this. So I... I I think I need to get a job where I'm continuously exposed to new stuff. All oh, right, right, not just so your personality. Or yeah. yeah. So that means innovation. Right. But um, this
1: is isn't that fantastic when you find a little bit of a calling or you understand on a deeper level, I guess, where as you grow older, what makes you tick. Yeah. And then, and then you get an direction for how you should think about where you want to be and what you want to do. I, yeah. I get it's one of those eureka moments. Yeah, yeah, moments it, it, it is.
0: And, and uh, that was before I, st- well, it was right now. It was before I started at MTG, but I had really formulated it when I went to, to the Stockholm Globe Arenas
3: mm.
0: and then finding a place where, hey, here's actually a department with innovation in its name. That 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 sounds great. Yeah.
2: And perhaps it's time to, to just try to describe what is really the, the center for innovation? Yeah. What do they do? <laughs> uh,
0: now I can actually say that pretty, pretty straightforwardly. Mm. Uh, that was not the case back in, in those days. So we're responsible for supporting the clinical functions with uh, the systematic way of driving innovation. Mm. Uh, yeah. Number two is connected to that. How do we accelerate implementation of new knowledge? So th- those two are fairly intertwined.
1: Mm-hmm. They are not the same, but they are yeah. intertwined.
0: Yeah. You use the same techniques, methods, processes. And, and so it's on. also
1: about going from innovation to adoption. Yeah. They are sort of part of the same cycle. Yeah. Different parts of the same cycle. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: number three is is how do we collaborate with industry? Oh, so industry coble- collaboration, driving a couple of those prioritized uh, contracts that came out of the N- nks procurement most prominently philips which won uh, three contracts in that uh, two in medical imaging and one in patient monitoring uh, and and the last one is uh, we have one guy who's really very specialized in finding uh, public f- uh, funding so on on oh, national right. and international levels and uh, driving
2: but, that so public funding for innovation specifically or funding for for what uh? Uh,
0: for, mostly leaning towards innovation i mean the the making good use of uh research uh, or new findings implementations but so the the transition into
1: systematic innovation yeah systematic uh, learning yeah um, collaboration funding
0: yep yeah. so that, that those are the four points that we work with and how
1: long did it take you to be able to ar- articulate a crisp mission like that this is fantastic, yeah. by the way, but I, I, I realize it's it not always... It took some time.
0: No, when, when I started, and I've actually had to describe this, mainly because we've changed CFOs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> quite a number of times. Your, pitch, your elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we started out, uh, when I came to Karolinska, we were a very loosely held collaboration of a number of Vinova and other ways funded projects of test bed mo- a lot of test beds because yeah. that was That's, that
1: was the that was a lot of test beds at that time. Pilots we call it. And yeah. we talk about the pilot graveyard. Yeah. A prototype graveyard.
2: But so, test beds is something else I would say. I must defend okay, okay. Vinova a bit here. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I think Vinova is doing a lot of great sorry. things. Yes, yeah. they are, and
0: we were very good friends. Yes. Uh, cool. But but at that when, when you have four, five, six different test beds that, that are floating and there's no strategic direction there, there's no where do these fit together how do we drive towards something that's similar
2: I mean it's nice to, to get started with test beds or prototypes but you yeah. need a path yeah. to come to proper production and yeah I need yeah. to deploy
1: but I think this is symptomatic when you're driving innovation in snippets or in mm-hmm. test beds or in projects or prototypes. And this is this balance that we kind of need to have a holistic understanding for how they fit together, but we can't work on this PowerPoint level, so right. to speak. So then we need to break it down. Yeah. But if you only work on the breakdown level, we have always talked about this as the data and AI readiness, like the dare dilemma, you know, the use case, mm-hmm. you know, operational value here, very nitty gritty. Yeah. Uh, enterprise or holistic uh, synergies or capability. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the pendulum go all the way over here. It doesn't work. Nope. And then if it goes all the way the other way, it doesn't work either. So this is why I think yeah. it's quite interesting how you sort of you have ideas, but you also have something framing a mission. Yeah, uh, Perhaps uh, it's time to, to try to define what innovation really is or, or, <laughs> or how do you make innovation
2: work, which could be a different uh, topic potentially. But but how would you define what innovation means?
0: Well, I uh, lean, of course, on, on ISO 56000. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: Can you <laughs> lean on that? I would never want to lean on that. I can lean on, on
0: Magnus Carlson. He's a solid guy. He's a solid guy.
1: Singer,
2: that's Okay, sorry. So uh, what is it?
0: A, a new or changed entity that redistributes or realizes value. As it can, says. can you repeat
2: that, please? That's nice.
0: Yeah. A, a new or changed entity yeah. that realizes or redistributes value. Okay, yeah.
2: Potentially good. Entity that can, yeah, it's a new entity that recently distributes value.
0: And an entity can, of yeah. course, be a product, but it can be a process, a management system, uh, yeah, business model, uh, mm. a, a lot of things. Uh, and, and, and I think we, we have a lot of work in, on doing that. This entity mm. can be
2: a lot of things. Perhaps one way to, to describe it would also be how would an organization work that didn't innovate? it
0: would die
2: <laughs> like a Kodak moment or
0: yeah <laughs> um, no, but but this
1: definition of innovation you you can be very fancy or you can make it really simple i had the fortune to work with ericsson uh, many years back to work with some super smart people when we helped them distill down a certification and training in product life cycle management starting from innovation yeah. to end of life yeah and and so we had that. I remember that to this day. This is two thousand and five. I don't know certifying product owners and product management in Ericsson, and we had that question: Do you know the definition of innovation from product lifecycle management perspective in Ericsson? And it was in the end we made this into a discussion. And can you imagine going around, you know, doing certification uh, workshops with? Very very senior product owners and managers. So it was not like I was I could teach them anything. It was more about we knew our t- tips and tricks and how it worked together systematically yeah. in, in Ericsson. And then the bottom line was anything and opportunities to, 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 to provide value. Yeah, as a, a very generic definition. That but
2: but I think if that's too wide, I mean we, we need to have clear distinctions here about terms. Uh, yeah, because
1: just pro- anything provide that provide value is more or less no, realizing
0: or redistributing value. Yeah, yes. but, because mm-hmm.
1: the, the point with this was actually very clear when Ericsson did it, was to highlight, don't get hung up on this tech yeah. system, radio-based <coughs> days 4.5 feature innovation. You have process innovation, you have supply chain innovation, you have organizational innovation. Yeah. So you have m- innovation from, from the human aspect, you know. So So the whole point was actually, mm. don't limit the inbox, so okay. to speak. So innovation can happen in
2: different areas and different topics, themes, as you call it, for sure. But if we just try to, this is a bit hard question, but but there are terms like, you know, what is engineering? What is (coughs) research or academic research? What is uh, research and development, which is sometimes called innovation? Do you find, for example, R&D to be similar to innovation or is there a distinction?
0: There's definitely a distinction because R&D, focuses on actually addressing. So this is a problem that I need to solve oftentimes in some kind of technical fashion. Mm. So you develop a drug or a gadget or, 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 well, I don't know, a new engine to do something. Innovation has to consider the full business model. At least if you're talking about something more than incremental innovation, because that's the whole point shifting something, a new way to provide the value. That, that's when you go to, if you want to call it radical innovation or transformational innovation. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that can happen in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, a couple of decades ago when you had an ulcer,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we had surgeons, gastro surgeons, who went into an, uh, the stomach and, and cut it away. Mm. And then you sort of, and 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 it it lot lots of resources. It's a big operation. It's not very comfortable. Along comes LOSEC. Mm. very very radical innovation. Yeah. So instead of of cutting your belly open, mm. you take a pill.
2: I think it it connects to to one of our core topics as well. And first principles. Yes. Yes. Um, but
1: but before we go to first principles. I, I, there, there is at least a couple of more layers yeah. to define innovation here right now. Because, and you already did it when you said that. Because mm-hmm. let's talk about innovation, and we, we concluded that you can go in different directions. Another angle to talk about innovation that you yeah. alluded to now. Uh, we have some fi- fancy hype words here. We can talk about incremental mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. innovation. Okay, we all kind of understand what that is, right? Yeah. We, we are we are, we, are, we are slowly we are doing a little bit better of the same, right? Yeah.
0: Make the engine go a little bit better. Yeah,
1: and, and then what's been very fashionable to talk about has been the disruptive mm-hmm. innovation. So it's often so
0: misunderstood.
1: Often misunderstood. And, I, but I, and, and, uh, and then I put to, to what, we are, what we are on about when we talk about data and AI in combination with hospitals or trucks mm-hmm. is intersectional mm-hmm. innovation. And and to distinguish between these different types of innovation paths is extremely important because it leads to different uh, uh, types of approaches to succeed. <coughs> Do, could you, could we la- elaborate around this? I mean, oh. like I, we, I said three now, maybe yeah. there's a couple of more, I don't know, but they are incremental, disruptive, incre- uh, intersectional.
0: Oh, you y- can talk about radical. And r- yeah. what
1: is the difference between radical and the other ones? This is a good one, yeah. but I don't know the definition.
0: Uh I'm not really sure how I would put it against intersectional. maybe that's the the, the inputs into the, the innovation work that you talk about. But when I look at radical, you, you you or let's say when you talk about incremental, yes, okay. So we give more or less the same type of value to our existing yes mm-hmm. interested parties. Yeah, or, and and, or and typically now let's be super
1: concrete. Yeah. We, we are in a domain. I I, I build trucks. Yeah. And now I have, I, 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 improve the fashion I build trucks. Yeah. It's the mechanical truck. So the disruptive uh, part of this is that we, 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 want to do something completely different, right? So it, like LUSEC to yeah. me is, to me is disruptive yeah. or ra- radical, right? Yeah. From operations, we, we, we've, we, you have no value of operation. We, we give you a pill, right? Yeah. Now, when I talk about data and AI is basically here is one domain competence and here's another domain competence. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like how you can take it in, you know, between biology, you you can mix different domains and all of a sudden you end up with a new core domain. Yeah. So for me, the future uh, with data and AI, we we will live in a data and AI centric world. Mm -hmm. So regardless of your domain, you need to be able to do intersectional innovation with this topic. Yes. Your organization will look differently. The way you do your clinical processes will look differently. So, so, but this is quite different to disruptive innovation. Well, here, here you're combining two things in a Venn diagram, sort of thing. Here you're jumping into another
0: Yeah, and, and that that helps to to provide, uh, let's say, let's say, a radical innovation. Then yes. where where you are comp- you you are addressing an unknown need. Yes, in a completely in a completely different way, maybe to a completely new set of stakeholders.
1: Yeah, and to mm-hmm. me this is almost closer than in the. I don't know what the definition chain difference is, but this sounds like disruptive to some mm-hmm. degree.
0: Yeah, but if, if you look at Clayton Christensen's definition of, of, of disruptive, uh-huh. they say that, that something that used to be really expensive yes. now comes along and becomes so cheap that you can apply it in so many more, more different ways that it takes up. So, so, or, or it could be really bad in many, dif- in many ways, but excellent in one in one dimension that is important to the customers and then it grows better so it comes sort of from from below and overtakes the incumbents yes uh, by being well let's say computers for example yeah initially well the world there is a world market for four computers because they're so expensive and they take up so much space
1: But this is a segue to first principle almost right now, Well,
0: I mean, it's
2: very similar to, for example, what um, other people like Professor Aya Agravar and others that speak about uh, what this really disruption in terms of economy. And and they say basically that it's very easy to define for an economist. It's simply uh, what you said. When the cost of something drastically drops, then disruption will happen. And what's the financial
1: term that we we, the cost the...
0: Marginal cost?
1: No, we we had it... uh, Mm-hmm. someone She'll used it first. very casually here at the uh, Anna Fellander she had this when, when she looked as a macroeconomist mm-hmm. she used a very a macroeconomist term for this I forget the term ah, I is. forgot it as well but you so know what I mean know. right uh, cost I'm not,
0: I'm not cost knowledge. benefit no it's, it's,
1: it, it means the same but yeah. she yeah. had the macroeconomist c- word that I was I learned I would have
2: forgot it. (laughs) No, but I think this question about you know incremental versus disruptive innovation is important. And sometimes you look down a bit on incremental innovation, which I think is dangerous as well. I mean, that is also important. Of course, you want disruptive (coughs) as long as it has positive benefits, but incremental can also be useful.
0: Yeah. I mean you can't have it all the time. No. So so the the Literature or theory say, okay, so what's your ratio? Mm.
1: Where,
0: where where should your portfolio be? Was
1: it okay. the 70-20-10 rule?
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that, that yeah. one. So what's the 70-20-10 rule? Okay, so, so put 70% of your innovation project into incremental,
1: mm.
0: 20 into somewhere in the middle, the horizon two things, mm-hmm. and, and 10% into the radical, radical horizon three. Mm. Do you subscribe to that thinking? I I have no idea if seventy twenty ten is right, <laughs> but but of course uh, I mean there's people we work with and and radical really means radical yes mm. okay. so
1: you can't have the whole organization worrying about radical all the time no, no you no, will no. go nuts
0: yeah and and then we come to uh, this people question, a lot mm. of people are not interested in that yes you want to be able to have influence over your daily work life yep. so we can see being able to to run incremental uh, projects or, or initiatives in your organization actually is really good for reducing staff turnover yeah. increasing staff satisfaction you, yeah. s- you feel that you have control or, or, or an impact on the place you work yeah. so that's great but very little radical innovation comes from inside it you don't disrupt
1: yourself it's hard
0: it's very extremely, extremely yeah.
1: hard. Mm. So, But I think there's a segue here that an, another way of looking at uh, innovation has something to do with first principles. Okay. Are, are you familiar with the philosophy and the terminology around first principle?
0: Let's start with that. There are, there are a few first principles. Yeah, <laughs> so let's, 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 let's
1: start with this one. What do we mean with first principle? And what, yeah. do, you, what do you think that is all about? And we can because we have an Elon Musk. Yeah, we have our preferred <laughs> version,
2: but I'm sure you have yours. But what's, what
1: what is first principle to you if you have heard about that?
0: Before? Well, if you look at it, okay. So so make sure that you address the hardest part first. Okay, so if this is the most crucial assumption you have on for this to work or not, let's mm. prove or disprove that it it's true. Mm. Is that what you mean too?
1: Uh, well, it's in I the think, neighborhood, but we are a slightly different angle, I guess. I think
2: one, one way to phrase it is that it's so many people that are afraid to go against the norm. Yeah. If you know that you should do uh, cancer treatment in a certain way, mm-hmm. you will continue to think this is the proper way to do it. Mm-hmm. And to say something different is really yeah. dangerous mm-hmm. and, and yeah people don't dare to do so. But to have the courage, so to speak, of mm-hmm. saying, you know, let's look at the first principle, physical or business or technical or whatever kind of yeah. principle it is and really think, what is it we're trying to do? And we usually give this uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX yeah. kind of ex- example saying, you know, if you want to you know, go to the moon or as he wants, he wants to go to March and build a colony there, yeah. you know, how do you build a rocket? Well. You know, a normal way of doing it is um, you build a rocket and you throw it away and it uh, you have to build a new one the next time. Yeah. Why is that? Can you challenge that kind of norm? And he said, yeah, well, let's try to challenge that. I mean, you throw away hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, for every rocket you build. Why not try to reduce them? And then, you know, he started to explore that and said, yeah, well, we can actually build a reusable rocket and suddenly we have a much more affordable and efficient way of traveling in space. Yeah. By you know, really challenging the norm and looking at the first principle in how to build a certain solution or product or service. And and I
1: think we we are a little bit uh, awestruck by Elon Musk and (laughs) trying to pull it down to what is the essence that he's doing over and over again that right now puts him as the richest man in the Mm -hmm. world is a fundamental aggressive view of first principle in anything he does. So when he goes into making car batteries, he basically look at the fundamental physical components of a battery and this is costing $800 but I see the material is only costing $8 so there needs to be a better way to do this for you know 80 instead of 800 you know so he he basically then there is no you know so he goes down and breaks it down to its core pieces and we've had this discussion this is almost taking first principle into the core fundamentals of engineering, yeah. right? And then you can talk about first principles from how you look at your core business. So what, what is the core business of uh, Scania? Well, we, we, are, we are a truck manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <coughs> actually, my, my first principle, I'm a transportation server, yeah. uh, enabler. So if I go down to the core principle of what you use a truck for, it, becomes some, it could become something else. Yeah, it else. something else. Or my business model can, can become something completely different.
0: So I, I, that's fairly close to sometimes when I describe the different ways of, of talking about uh, horizon one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. You say, Okay, so Henry Ford said that okay. if I'd yes. asked my customers what they classic. wanted, they would want to have a faster horse.
1: No, a horse that I mean, shits less. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> and and that, that, that's a genetic problem. Yeah. Okay, so how do I breed a faster horse? Exactly. And then he says, well, but there's another way to do this. I can travel faster if I use a combustion engine. Mm. So that's a mechanical problem.
1: Yeah.
0: And what? why do I want to go from A to B? Yeah, because I want to see the person that I'm going to talk to. Well, why not l- use a, a video conference? Video. Then? So then that's a telecommunication problem. So that becomes completely different ways of, of looking at it.
1: And, and ultimately, first principle is extremely powerful if, you, if you're able to understand the core of whatever problem you're solving, yes. you can even leapfrog completely into different industries. Yes.
0: The job to be done. The job to thing. be
1: done. Yeah. Or, the, or how. And here is the point then uh, to travel this way costs so much. Mm. To put on Skype yeah. is zero. And yeah. if the ultimate was to meet, you could solve it in a completely different yeah. way.
0: Exactly. And
2: you mentioned horizon a number of times now, horizon yes. one, two, three. Can you just uh, describe what you mean with that as well?
0: Well, uh, that, that's the, I think, McKinsey principle of, of the different horizons. Of, of It's not; It doesn't really have to do with time, but it has to do with degree of transformation. Mm. So horizon one, really incremental. Yeah. Okay, so keep doing what you're doing a little bit better all the time. Mm. Horizon three completely new uh, way of addressing the need you have, maybe unknown to, yeah. to you, mm-hmm. saying that, yeah, I need to get that horse so I can, but but really what you intend to do is something different.
2: Cool. Can, can I, before we end with uh, the whole innovation, I mean, it's uh, such an important, and it's one of my passion topics as well. So Fantastic I, I, topic. I, I think it's yeah. so important for, for so many companies, but the, there is uh, some idea that innovation happens in, in small domains or in in the on the side, and and just to to explain what I mean, uh, some companies focus a lot on let let's focus on the mass market. Let's focus on you know how we can maximize sales sales for what we have today. And some people would then argue, and I think this goes back to the Co- Kodak moment. If you heard about yeah, that, yeah. you know Kodak was the, the biggest uh, manufacturer of, of cameras, uh, and anal- analog cameras. They actually had a an inventor, I think in the 80s or something, that actually proposed... and yeah, digital think he camera. Was, yeah, the first yeah. time someone actually proposed a digital camera. But the core revenue was from the film. Yeah. and they Three
0: had, kilos and a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: remember, I think they had KPIs like, what is the resolution? Mm-hmm. And then they said, you know, if it's not improving the resolution, we're not going to invest in it.
0: No, and he came there with 128 times 128 yes, pixels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was horrible
2: in terms of resolution. So so the like metrics and KPIs they had suggested, said, you know, this type of thing will never break. You know, no one will really be interested mm-hmm. in this. We know the mass market want higher resolution. <laughs> and then, you yeah. know, they, they went bankrupt in one year in 2008 or something. Yeah. Um, would you agree with this, that, you know, innovation happened on the side or in, in the small domains? Or
0: Oh, that's so... <laughs> uh, I, I, don't <clears throat> I don't think I can make a, a one-size-fits-all answer to that. Uh, I, I will stick to saying that it's really hard to transform from the inside. Some some mm. organizations are really good at it,
1: but the, the, the core challenge is basically you have to have respect for who the hell disrupts themselves. Yeah, who does that? And it, and and from a culture perspective, we have seen very very few companies yeah. who started like that and who had that. I mean, like I think Amazon is one of the core examples that you can touch today. Yeah, who mm. basically. They have reinvented themselves a couple of times now from, from a bookstore yeah. to, a, to a retailer to now something completely different, right? Yeah. And um, who, but who, how many more examples do le- we have? They have
0: almost led the way in that and, and not really responded to a threat. No. So they have created, they they are continuing to create
1: I mean, like, so the, what is impressive with Bezos is that he takes bets of his whole company yeah. that now I will do this. It's not because someone else did it; it's because he saw the opportunity.
0: But it's balls like steel, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> or, or just a personality type so yeah. I'm saying that th- this is. But this for is any normal I
1: company, I, I don't have so many examples. No. I, no so yeah, you have no. an, uh, so so there is a clear hypothesis that for normal deadly people, you know you need to have, maybe you can try on the inside, but it's not a bad idea to also try on the side.
2: Yeah, but I'm just trying to, you know, at least my opinion is mm-hmm. perhaps wrong, saying that any company that focus only on the mass market or the type of clients, customers, uh, partners they have today and not even considering, you know, the side small mm-hmm. domains, target groups or yep. whatever they have, they will not innovate properly.
0: No, I, but, I agree, but I would twist it a little bit okay. and say that, okay, so if you focus only on the spoken needs, only on the very visible needs that people say, I want a faster horse, mm. And not understanding what is it that you're really trying to achieve so so sort of the right. the core of the design process is what what are you really trying to do here?
2: so you have the wrong kpis in some way, yeah, know. it's not really making the horse faster. you really want to move from one point to another
0: um, yeah and that or I problem. want to see you face to face but
1: but Andish, I think you also uh, you asked the different questions than what I answered it's a little bit like. One part is the whole thing, like to focus on on, on the mass and, and incrementally what the mass is, yeah. but you need to focus on the outliers. This is clear. Mm-hmm. But we kind of also we we answered your question from an organizational point of view. Can you organize that someone is looking on the side views yeah. from the core mass market team, so to speak? So it's, also, hard, yeah, so, so it's also so it's actually question. two topics yeah. intertwined here one is actually that we need to un- incrementally understand the mass markets so we mm-hmm. not completely lose sight of the market but someone needs to look at the side tracks or the small side offs like this is 7020 yeah. uh, yeah, like yeah. this but then the, but the, the, the next layer on that question is who should do that can uh, i yeah. give that question to the same person or do i need to give it to my incubator <laughs> i don't know this is hard. And this is this really hard. And it's not and, a one answer, and, and,
0: for and sure. I will give... Well, I would... No, uh, it's not one answer. And and I'll add a layer in, in the public sector to that. <laughs> yes, thank you for uh, that. As, as, as a private company, of course, you can say, okay, I have my incubator here. Uh, there is something that works. Good. It seems to be growing. I can either move it into my existing business. Okay, so it's you stay with parent company. Or, or you can spin it out and yeah. and still make money. You can spin it out. Completely so you can, and you can
1: screw up all the way here. But yeah. we had the incubator. That was great. And then uh, then it died when I tried to put it down into the dogmatic old yeah. ways. So yeah. it, and it, sometimes it works and sometimes it will never work. No.
0: But still, the point is that you, as shareholders, yes, as God put man on this earth to create shareholder value... <laughs> uh, <laughs> And you can make money either way. Yes. Either it works as an entity or you sell it, yeah. sell it off. But. but in the public world, in the public sector, that's not your KPI. Mm. We are not here to grow to be great. We are here to, to do things that you really don't want to do, but you have to do because you're a decent society. So healthcare is great. And, and the better healthcare we provide, the more time you're healthy. And that's what we want to have. We want to have health. We we don't want to have ginormous amounts of healthcare. Uh, so, so we really want to be smaller. Then, and so, so the mission statement
1: or the objective that you're starting from gives a completely different outlook.
0: Yes, it does. So then, then of course we have to be really, really good at what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can become more and more specialized, which means so, so you're highly specialized in very narrow specialties it means that you have to increase your, your area of well collection where you, you where you get people from. But we can't sort of build a side incubator hospital. It's just too expensive and you have to be you have to be able to, to provide healthcare. You have to be a caregiver which means that you, you fulfill a hell of a lot of, of obligations.
1: So so what you're saying is th- there is a frame here or there is boundaries or constraints I don't know if that's the mm-hmm. right word even I but think. but but in order to work within the public sector you clearly need to understand the room you're in yeah. because the other room doesn't really exist no. or not or
0: No you have to do your experimentation and find your your jobs to be done sort of in your operating machine
1: And would you agree th- that would be equivalently the same problem or the same frame. If I go to a, a municipality, yeah. from their perspective, they need to are they also constrained?
0: Yeah, well, I, I work. My, my wife works in social services, yeah. so, for example, with violent families or uh, people who who need financial support. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's some not something we want more of, but you can't take that out of the system. Uh, so and, and have a, a small social security incubator somewhere because it's mm. all interconnected in the existing society system
1: but but hospitals to some degree you can have private hospitals
0: right yes you can
1: so why you know so isn't, isn't that a way to do the spin-off not maybe for the uh, of, uh, like the public uh, university hospital but if you want to go down that path well basically you go yeah. down a private path or is that something completely different
0: that is different and you will keep in in incremental mostly
1: because you're so focused on your ebit sort yes. of speak yeah yeah
0: and and you have i mean the the whole thing of innovation is doing something new adding a, a new uh, creating new value as you say you shift your money from A to B, mm. from old to new, mm. that, that's what happens. Uh, and in healthcare, regardless if you, you're the private or public provider, mm. it's still in Sweden anyway. It's the public payer yes. that sets the metric. We reimburse you for doing X, yes. Y, and Z.
1: So they live and in. The, the, so from that reason, the private hospital has to live within the same frame yes. and trying to make money with the same. Yeah. So it's actually not really driving innovation. Driving. Slimming yeah. innovation, maybe. If if
0: you don't do things that you can build for, then you <laughs> won't get any revenue.
1: Okay.
2: Cool. And then, uh, this is such an interesting topic with you know what is innovation and and you know and how does uh, how it work can in the
1: public sector to have as a different layer on it. Yeah, but
2: I think we should try to move to another topic, yes. which is actually already. Connected-
1: <laughs> Just
2: 40 minutes of this. 40 <laughs> minutes
1: on this topic. But well, uh, wait, We said 5 to 10 yeah, minutes yeah. on interesting <laughs> topics. <laughs> but this is the... Yeah, well, It's con on the core team. Oh, set, come on, yeah. you are the this expert is a core. fantastic
2: conversation. Anyway. I think we could connect actually to what we actually spoke of before we started yeah. a bit. And, and I guess we can mark this topic as, you know, how do you make <laughs> innovation happen? Mm. And, um, and it would be fun to see, you know, how do you really make innovation happen in Karolinska? And you mentioned something that you're currently performing, some kind of interviews, etc. Yes. And perhaps you can just say, you know, okay, we know approximately this is, you know, how we can define what innovation is and, and why it's important. But how do you do that? Can you just describe a bit, you know, yeah. concretely,
0: what, what do you do? Uh, I think what, what we, well, I, I know that what we're doing now is, is sort of looking at the where to play of a strategy, which areas do we feel are important to do? And we've done that that in our collaboration with Philips, and now we're doing it sort of in, uh, around uh, Karolinska. So, so narrowing things down into a uh, a small number of of uh, important focus areas. Mm. Then you go bottom down or bottom up.
2: So uh, we, we spoke about that, and, and can you just for people to to understand what, what do you mean with going from top down or bottom up?
0: Well, top-down is setting, uh, uh, deciding really on what are a few important uh, areas that we want to that we need to address to develop
1: the frame, so to the, speak. Th- the, these are the fundamental directions, yes. KPIs we really want to. Yeah. and it can be a, or,
0: or, or opportunities hmm. that we want to be able to grasp, or or, or problems that we need to address.
1: And how, how typically? Could you give us an example how that could be framed? from a Karolinska top brass coming as, as, a, well, as an area of innovation.
0: One, one that's clearly coming out of, uh, uh, it's been around for quite some time, but also COVID uh, really highlights the need Your for... Your
2: favorite topic, COVID, uh, by exactly. the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, but really highlights the need for us as caregiver to be able to meet patients without them coming physically to us. Okay. Mm. So, so l- l- let's call it location-independent care.
1: So it's a clear, clear definition of KPI. How can we give care without everyone physically going through the door?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and that is one thing for let's say chronics with heart failure or, or COPD or, mm-hmm. or some other you know, lifelong, fairly severe chronic disease to manage that much more on their own. Uh, it, it's another thing for the cancer patient that, that goes through medication. It's a, a third thing for for uh, a, a, an expecting mother following up. Yeah, and, I was thinking about that. At, at th- 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 there's a whole number of diff- different things that you want to f- be able to follow up and, and sort of keep in touch with care without us meeting
1: physically. Mm-hmm. Simply to offload the whole system and to, un- to, un- to give a, a higher degree of c- care to more people Without exploding the resource
0: yeah. cost, and and also giving more, and I would say individualized way ah. for you to care for yourself.
1: So and so, so it's the care dialogue, yeah. so to speak, over time.
0: It, it's much more so. We we mentioned things like how do we make the electronic medical record a co creation area. Mm. How do we share this? How do we work with this together? I think
2: we can use a technical term, simply making the service or medical healthcare more personalized. Yeah. Just as we make personalized playing lists yes. on Spotify, you exactly. can actually make the medical care. I, uh,
0: a number of years ago, McKinsey came out with a report talking about how much money could we save uh, if we were to go, f- well, digitalize healthcare. and And they talked about, Uh, making use of of big data. They talked about internet of of things and they talked about automation. So, uh, and and yes, from a technical perspective, great, but you cannot go into healthcare and talk about we are going to put in automation here. uh, You have to twist that around. So what we did then is to uh, look at, reinterpret that and and translate it into what we want want to do. And we, we talk about three different things. Location independent, individualized, and last but not least, scalable. Scalable,
2: okay.
1: Scalable what, from what the, the healthcare provider. What is scalable, yeah. in, this scalable
2: in, yeah. in in healthcare?
1: What is It mean? means
0: that we are we have to be able to see uh, more and more patients, help more and more patients or citizens without us becoming much more people to do it.
1: So you need I mean like the, your your cost curve and your care level yeah. or care volume. They need to be start.
0: Yeah. So if you look look at the the percentage of care of GDP in in any country, is it, just growing, and and maybe that's something we want. We want to put a larger part of our combined productivity production into healthcare, or maybe we don't. Uh, and and if you look at some numbers, and they are of course not undisputed, but saying that. If we continue to work as we do now, uh, looking at demographics yeah. uh, and so on, we will need to recruit a hell of a large number of people to simply work. because
1: we live longer. All this,
0: yeah, and 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 it's disputed because some we say that we are also healthier, so we will not re- require the same amount of care as we grow mm. But still.
2: But just to move a bit back to the topic, you know, how do you make innovation happen? And, and we spoke a bit about top-down versus bottom-up, etc. And top-down, if I were to phrase it, is something that you, you have the management team yeah. or people high up in the company basically telling people this is the, the direction we want to go. And then you can have bottom-up. Yeah. Uh, how, how would you phrase, you know, what bottom-up means for you? Uh,
3: for,
0: for us, uh, it's very much about listening and catching Mm -hmm. thoughts about what we want to do, what we can do, Mm -hmm. then of course it it, it is up to the line managers in their line. We we can go in and we can talk uh, inspirationally, we can talk about what we see in the world around us, we can talk about trends and and, and, and so on. But that has to be picked up there, Mm -hmm. but what we can do is then also to maybe put out challenges or talk mm-hmm. about these are things that we need to be able to address in our different communication channels that we have in our organi- organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are fairly used to apply to grants, research grants, and so mm-hmm. on. So you, you you can put out challenges and say yeah. that, how can we help to do this?
2: Mm-hmm. And and you just spoke about a way you're doing it right now for mm-hmm. a bottom-up point of view. Um, but, but before we move into that, would you say that, you know, doing just top-down is bad, doing just bottom-up is bad, or is a balance yeah. the best? How would you phrase that?
0: Well, you need, you need a balance. Mm. Uh, if, if you don't have a top-down portion of it, you will go all over the place nice. and you will just scatter your resources and, and you will not have uh, significant power mm-hmm. to yeah. do it. If you uh, only do, uh, do top-down, Nothing will ever happen yeah. because you will. The, the people who actually know what what can be done uh,
2: and will lose are not trust, involved. Right? They
0: will lose trust, and and yeah.
2: Cool. So let's move into to what you actually do right now. And and um, can you speak a bit more more about the interviews and and you know how how are you going about trying to really capture the bottom up ideas for
3: innovation?
0: Um. Well, we. We go about the interviews; they're one hour long, and, and we uh, uh, combine them. And we maybe, uh, as you go along in the interview series, as you do, you you twist a little bit of the questions that you put in, uh, s- because you learn along the line, and you want to see, well, does B agree with A that we talked uh, to previously, and and w- what but, but are the surprises like a, that come a up?
2: Predefined like a set of questions at yeah. least you try to have, and then you twist them as you.
1: And, and, and could you give some examples of what are we talking about a rounding one topic breaking it down to process dimension or like organizational
0: no, how the, is it phrased we are much more open sometimes. very nice yeah okay. so uh, if we talk about implementation of new knowledge and research mm-hmm. what 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 do what, you see how do you do it today
1: how do you do it today how could we do it yeah and open ended oh, yeah
0: and always end with a question about if we take a bu- Take away all restraints, all mm-hmm. boundary conditions. What would you like to do?
1: That's nice. a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. And,
0: and also, if if you were on jeopardy, what would be your favorite questions? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but but then going going uh, bottom up, we what we're doing now is uh, also trying to find the systematic way in all our different themes and functions. So who is our re- main point of contact? and the responsible in that organization mm. for capturing this because mm. we are 12 people mm. and the karolinska the center of, for innovation yeah, yeah. And, and karolinska is 15000 plus yeah. Yeah. people so we are less than than 0.1% but could, could we
1: could we how we do this yeah. there is a very key mini theme here mm-hmm. how is innovation or how is your team organized and then yes. maybe a little bit, uh, you know, you, uh, you said you actually have a matrix organization in Karolinska, yeah. so there are some fundamental context how this works in Karolinska. So in, for anyone to sort of understand and get inspired, they kind of need to understand some of the context. Yeah. Could you l- elaborate?
0: Well, well, if I start with the, the Center for Innovation, yes, we're uh, a fairly diverse group and have, have always been. So, so there's a, a couple of engineers, as myself, a couple of uh, Economists, uh, a journalist, a legal person, a financial person, uh, and and, uh, uh, a nurse, uh, and, uh, you know, all all these different types of people. Uh, A couple of natural scientists, uh, three of them with PhDs, and, yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. Uh, Diverse team uh, is number one. Yes.
0: Uh, With diverse personalities as well. (laughs) Uh, That's always fun. Uh, And... How do we then go go about this? Well, we we do trainings a lot. So, so for and the
2: last training, you mean inside the team or
1: no, also for people uh, outside for
0: the po- for the hospital. Yeah. giving okay.
1: methods and frameworks yes. and approaches. Yes, to your to the fifteen thousand, so to yes. speak, or to the middle managers or uh,
0: that too. No, you,
1: you don't say middle managers in we hospital.
0: Say, no, <laughs> we say uh, we we are. Right now, we have two implemented uh, sets, one for you know, anyone really, which focuses very much on design thinking, service design yep. principles. So how do we teach that? How do we take up uh, what they want to bring into this course, which is a, a maybe four-month long thing with a number of, of modules, and you take something with you into it that you work with. So basically
1: that, uh, one way of teaching or getting people to better understand is, is you, you need to have an idea yeah. to bring in here that we can work on.
0: Or an insight or, an a, insight need.
1: or a need. Yeah. An opportunity, innovation yeah. starting point.
0: Yep, somewhere to start. Uh, then we also have, uh, and we've trained about 120 people there. Th- then uh, more recently we started looking at we also need to have the managers here. Mm. Uh, so we, we've set in a collaboration with our leadership development team, which resides within HR, mm-hmm. to say just innovation for uh, leaders and managers. So you don't have to be formally a, a manager with staff responsibility. You can be someone who who leads people in doing things. How do you lead the innovation work? And And that... Uh, here here we're still developing the content of that but of course you need to have the principles of of the tools for innovation Uh, maybe you add a little bit of strategy to it Mm. Uh, we add a little bit of legal to it Uh, we add a little bit of how do you collaborate with industry to it Uh, maybe how do you find funding Uh, we add a little bit of that to it
2: because i I think it's connected to i mean if you take other you know i've been in the tech sector all my life but we have a lot of you know, initiatives also in, in big tech companies trying to say, you know, we really want bottom-up innovation. Mm-hmm. and We have things like hack weeks or hack days. You know, Every Friday yeah. you do that and, and things like that. But even if some people come up with really awesome ideas, to actually make them happen yeah. is still really hard. Mm-hmm. If, if you, for example, now in the interviews you are ha- having with people in different uh, clinical themes come up with an awesome idea, yeah. how do you make that idea come to life?
0: Now, uh, we also combine this, these interviews with a very tight dialogue with our CFO, mm. uh, because this has to go into also our, let's say, investment process, mm-hmm. budgeting and investment process. Uh, normally, things grow from, okay, so you have this idea. Let's see, can does your boss agree? Yeah. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can have as many good ideas, and they might very well be true, but if your local environment does not agree, it will not happen. Yeah. Uh, how can you then find time to work with this? Mm-hmm. And, and different areas mm-hmm. have different cultures. So let's say, for example, the, the emergency department at Karolinska in Huddinge. They've worked systematically with this for quite some time and have actually had almost most. They are the number one unit to go through the the innovation ambassador trainings yeah. because they found that this was a really good way to keep people. Right, uh, that's an
2: awesome comment, I think. Yeah, uh,
0: to to increase the the joy of work, to mm. to increase satisfaction, uh, and and a lot of good things came out of that.
2: Mm. I, I think that's so true, by the way. I wish more companies thought about that. Yeah. If you can actually encourage people to innovate themselves, this will be a really source of keeping people happy mm-hmm. and... Uh, Energizing,
1: Yeah, and, and
0: improving your, your organization at that's the same uh, time. That's almost a side effect.
1: But the tricky point, of course, is you're, you're alluding to it here, mm-hmm. this systematic approach. Yes. So... I, I, let me challenge you, or yeah. not challenge you, but come with this quote here. Uh, Daniel Lewis, who actually joined here, uh, he has a, a many years uh, background working with product innovation in Ericsson, and now he works with Sierra Mobile, yeah. uh, five, 5G, yeah. cutting edge stuff in that area. And we've had, and we, we know each other from way back. So he knows the stuff we did at Ericsson. He actually he participated in one of my trainings. And I, we always talked about this in a beer in our hands, sort of, you know, and his idea was like this. You cannot systemize innovation. There is no systematic innovation, period. Innovation comes from the janitor. It comes from everywhere. And then I, and then I always argued. Uh, Yeah, but I, this is exactly what we did in the training. You know, you love the training. We did, we did this uh, product lifecycle management. It was from innovation to end of life. And then he said something that I actually, I want to test on you now. He said, but Henrik, what you did with the systematic approach was a systematic approach to industrialization from idea to production. So basically what we do in Ericsson, what we are really, really good at is we have these ideas. But we have figured out the industrial way, how we weed out the bad ideas, how we get mm-hmm. the funding, how we do the beta, how we don't take it into general, you know. So he, his idea was basically, uh, for him, innovation was com- was the inbox. That's it, right? Yeah. The rest was an industrialization <clears throat> process. H- how do you feel about that statement? Do you see I what don't,
0: I mean? Yeah, I don't agree. That, good. <laughs> Why not? I, uh, because... Number one, the, the, the inbox, if you dissect an idea, yeah. which is what the inbox is, yeah. uh, the idea comes with a semi-expression <coughs> of what your need yes. is yes. and a semi-expression of what your solution to that need. Absolutely is. right. And, and if you don't separate them, so need or opportunity from solution, then you will get tangled up yeah. You will fall in love with your solution yes. instead of your problem. Yes, and it's your problem that you should fall in love with, and 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 you know be really unfaithful to the solutions.
1: Now, I I actually agree with you, yeah. but let, I I want to stay a little bit on the other side. Yeah. But but what you're trying to say here now is that if you're not having a, a a s- systematic approach how to get this vague idea mm-hmm. and dress mm-hmm. it in the right way first, yeah. it's very easy to end up somewhere well, if else. You,
0: if you don't know what problem you're solving yeah. then, then you, you will end up with more headaches mm-hmm. uh, that, than you have. Actually we have, we have a, I, I forgot to say we have a, 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 a service designer um, one of the only ones who have written a dissertation on service design in healthcare actually in, in, in Sweden. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, and she has her coffee mug that says, "If this is the solution to the problem, I'd rather keep my problem." Uh, It's another T-shirt, I think. Yeah, it is. If yeah, but in German. So (laughs) in German, if this is say it again. If if this is the solution to my problem, then I'd rather keep my problem. And and by that we mean that if we don't understand what we are addressing, what we're trying to achieve very properly before we start solving it, then we might very well have side effects or or very unwanted uh, repercussions, especially in healthcare, which is, and I've I've built control system for nuclear power plants. This is by far the most complex thing you can do
1: but but now you're really triggering me to to what's what's wrong with the whole data and a i industry oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because <Hold they're> it. <laughs> You see where yeah. I'm going with that one, that we are not we are okay. selling tech instead of prob- solving yes. problems. But let's not not go there right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I that, love it. I, I like I quotes. like that.
2: I actually I want to have that T-shirt. You know, I like yeah.
1: it. But <laughs> I, I,
0: I'll talk to Anna and see. What but you, <laughs> you
1: you used to give me ammunition when I talk to Daniel at the last part next barbecue we're gonna have mm-hmm. because I'm because I think it's the, I think he has a point right. Mm-hmm. But the systematic way how you dress up the problem yes. is not to be. Taking light-hearted.
0: No, it's not. And and I've actually. So, so we we do an, a number of th- these types of workshops and and you, you know, mm-hmm. posted things on on what is it that you're really trying to accomplish here, mm-hmm. exactly. and never and I'm saying never have we ended up with the proposed solution,
1: That's or, all or the. Did.
0: Or, or yeah. they actually coming back to what we thought first was the problem is what we are then addressing.
2: Never. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. So first interesting. principle thinking. In first ways. principle thinking also. Okay, okay. So just finally closing up the, the whole idea, you know, how, how do you make this happen? And bottom-up is one approach. but Top-down, I think we, we know. People yeah. are simply, yeah, they yeah. come up with ideas. But I think to, to really make bottom-up happen is really hard. Yeah. And and then potentially some people come up with a really good idea. Hopefully you can get along and uh, convince your boss or line manager that this is actually mm-hmm. something we should invest in. You have the funding for it and perhaps collaborate with industry and whatnot. But still, even in my experience, it's really hard to make it happen. Um, do, do you feel the same? Do you still yeah. see the hard thing of, of making bottom-up innovation come to life? And, it, or, de- or,
0: it depends a little bit on... on uh, on what type of innovation we're talking about mm. i would say um it's always hard to to sort of frame what are we addressing yeah. here um and and then it comes to wh- what are your colleagues like what's the culture like how's your boss mm. but uh, we, we have a number of 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 stories i would say where it's can you give well. a single
2: example of a good story? I think yep. a lot of people would love to hear a concrete example of, you know, this so what, was a bottom-up innovation that made
0: possible. Well, it, it took some time, but but we're, we've been working a lot with heart failure, yeah. Uh, and heart, heart failure. failure, heart failure is a is a very bad disease. It has got higher mortality rate than most cancer types, and so on. Mm. Uh, and we worked, uh, let's say, so th- this a company came to Karolinska and, and they looked at. Us and saying we we are selling heart pumps. Heart pump. A heart pump is something you get, sort of as an intermediary step before you get a heart transplant. Right. Uh, so you're fairly sick. And Karolinska, you're putting in fewer, uh, a lot fewer heart pumps than your uh, comparable hospitals in Europe. Why is that? Oh, damn! We should be putting in more heart pumps, and we see that our heart failure patients live haven't increased their longevity over the past decade. Even though there's better medication, there's a lot of better, there's been a lot of research, we have a lot better knowledge. Maybe that's because we're not putting in enough heart pumps. So we should be put in more heart pumps. Uh, And and why didn't we do that? Uh, uh, When we went down and we looked at it and said, it looks like we're not finding patients in time they're they're too Uh, sick uh. to have this procedure when why is that then well Mm. maybe because we don't find them when they come to the er or 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 other things so we need to educate people and we started to do that and we long story short a lot of things happened and among them we actually interviewed both staff and patients uh, asking uh, do you want to be able to care for yourself uh Staff said that, 98% of staff said, yes, we think that patients want to be able to care for themselves. Only half patients said, yes, I want to be involved in my own therapy. Maybe because the rest were too sick to be able to do it. And and of course, we're all different persons. Now, in this, we saw that fast readmission was bad. So people coming back after having been discharged, come back fast. Look, the definition of fast readmission is within 30 days right. after discharge. So looking at that, well, look at this. Most of them come ac- actually come back within a few days, or, or maybe within hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, why is that? Then that was interesting. The measure actually hides the real problem, and we go to see that the, the the expertise in finding heart failure patient it takes some time to build. You don't have it in the ER. Or the patients who, because they were short of breath, got sent to the lung clinic or maybe ear, nose and throat mm-hmm. somewhere else. They didn't know you didn't get the right treatment. OK, so we need to have people who find and can do the triage. Mm-hmm. Let's set up an intermediate care level. What do they do in other parts of the world? They, they have something in between your hospitalization and your, your uh, primary care. Right.
1: And triage for people who does not know what triage is. Okay.
0: Triage is sorting patients. Sorting. Saying, okay. Patients. So, what, what, where, what, what's your. Who, 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 what's how your urgent problem? do I need to fix you compared? Yeah. To,
1: you can wait a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, setting up this intermediary care level, which was open office hours, mm. uh, Monday through Friday, eventually in, in our test group of 200 patients, say, among other things, and here's a phone number. If you feel worried, if you feel sick, if, if there's something that's not right, call us. This number, no touch tones, just, you know, it's a direct number. Oh. And, and there's a, a very competent staff that will answer. Right. So, in,
2: in the inter- intermediate care levels, so to yeah. speak. So, okay.
0: And the number of ER visits went down by 54%. Huh. This is a phone. Mm. And this got in. And then, of course, they have worked very much on on expanding these things. We've increased the planned visits and decreased the the unplanned visits. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason, of course, for putting in heart, not putting in heart problems, was that we didn't find the patients Mm -hmm. fast enough. So they they stretched out to primary care and collaborating with primary care so that we find the people with the the symptoms. And five years later, uh, we're putting in. Almost twice as many heart pumps at Karolinska as the second most uh, active hospital in Sweden. But
1: but this story is beautiful because it's so telling that you can only get a a general direction Mm -hmm. from top down. But to dissect the innovation, you need to go into the dirty, nitty gritty details and get your blood uh, on your shirt, so to speak. You need to get in in and mix. Get uh, hands dirty. Hands dirty
0: and you say, okay we need to train and educate people yeah well that didn't make much difference because
1: if you this the problem is it's it's this little bit like have you really understood the problem is yeah. the, it is the, is the fundamental toyota 4y mm-hmm. you know you need to go down to the you know the not the symptom but the root cause Yes. and to do that you are really down working bottom up
0: yes and and we, there is no shortcut no here. there there are no shortcuts and and um, also there there's not one silver bullet no
1: That's a good one as well. No silver bullets. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, This phone number was one thing that helped us, but there were many other things they did. And of course, they expanded to video. And and, and uh, what we still don't have is uh, an NPL algorithm that can go through Mm -hmm. the the EMR at the emergency Mm -hmm. room saying that, okay, so of these people waiting here, three are probably heart failure patients and they should immediately go to, to... the heart failure uh, uh, intermediary yeah, I'm,
1: I'm thinking when we should go there to connect innovation back yes. to the data and AI topic yes. because yeah. another key lessons learned in this simple story, you need the data yeah. to see the patterns and the trends to identify the anomalies, to identify where to look without that you're lost. Yeah. You, I mean, like if you had interviews and 10 interviews, it wouldn't pop out, no. you know, this whole idea that why, why is so many p- actually coming back within hours? Yeah. That is something you need data on to have. Yeah. That's another key, I think, takeaway when I hear your story. Yeah, it
0: is. And and understanding that people with severe conditions get worried. Mm. And if you have nowhere to turn mm. with your worry, mm. then you go to the ER. Of
1: course. Makes sense when you tell it. Yeah.
2: Um, awesome. Um, and let's perhaps move into that topic. And, and perhaps one way and um, to move more into data and AI, and I still like to move, stay in the innovation topic, but let's say, if we want to have innovation by making use of data and AI, how can we make that happen? And this is something I've been working quite a lot with in, in different projects. So uh, let me... Perhaps ask you uh, in in this way. Let's take the exact example you take we took before. Mm-hmm. You know, simply having a phone number or people that can call that made, you know, the problem that ER people have that doesn't really have the knowledge to know how to properly triage mm-hmm. uh, the patients improve. Yeah. But imagine that you could potentially use AI mm-hmm. to, to help that in some way. Perhaps you could use AI to have people in ER that may not have the knowledge but have been extended or augmented mm. or have some extra tools like AI to help them make a decision in, in a better way. Do you think that could have been helped as well or could help that yeah. problem
1: specifically?
0: It, it could because we have many conditions are sort of diffuse. Mm. Um, and unclear. Unclear. You need to be very experienced to see that maybe a, a, a series of events indicate X, Y, and Z. Mm. Uh, and and that's why we for this intermediary thing in this r- sort of prototype that we set up we had two very experienced nurses mm-hmm. and a very uh, experienced physician and and that's i mean s- mm. what you want to do when you train an ai you want it to to be able to amalgamate all those different experiences into one
3: mm.
0: so that you get it scalable because yeah. it takes 20 years to get very experienced
1: yeah
0: uh, uh, and
1: because, 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 d- 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 this is one of those data AI innovation dreams that I, I cooked up over a glass of wine with someone like, why don't we have the triage nurses with Google Glass? Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, takes the picture looks at the patient, mm-hmm. and also what this patient says, and but also recognizing how he speaks or how is, you know, and basically, while you're talking to the patients, oh, this is the augmented yeah. human. You have this the vast database of deduction of what it could be mm. popping up, you know, like Terminator three, four, five bullets. Yeah. It could be this. It could be this. It could be this. So I mean, it's from from a you know to do that technically, it's not super. I mean, like, it's huge in one way, but it's not that. You can you can load up yeah. all the different images. You can load up all the different literature. And then you can build a system around that, or that you tell I can have, you know, on an iPad, maybe, I don't know. Have we? Are there cases like
0: this? Is, is there done? are cases, I mean, there, there's Babylon Health uh, yes. and, and others. There, there's a great book uh, called Deep Medicine. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you read it. I don't. Uh, but but there, there's, uh, it's Eric topple who, who wrote it. And he, he started out by writing a book called The Patient Will See You Now. So, sort of changing the power structure of of medicine. He's a cardiologist himself. And and in deep medicine, he goes into these topics uh, of how can we use data. And, and th- there's so many different ways that you can use AI and u- make use of data in, in medicine uh, that are sometimes counterintuitive. Sometimes mm. you can help really find the, the connections that uh, that you as a human need to be really, really experienced to do. And, and other times, if, if we go back to Watson,
1: yeah.
0: uh, IBM Watson, which was a huge failure, I think, and what, what he says there is that because you went to for the hardest problems first, mm. instead of here's something that we can really automate uh, or industrialize quicker. Um, taking uh, the discussion with the patient we someone who is a little bit complicated is a more more complicated thing than than what it seems at, at the first. Yes, I mean, like
1: you, you, that's what I mean. Like you could never ex- to have the empathy, to have no. the human touch, to have that experience could never be taken away. No. I, I I don't think you can have a chatbot here. That's no. what I'm saying. Yeah. But how how can you put that person in, in that situation in front of the patient yeah. on superpowers.
0: And I think, again, coming back to the EMRs, what yeah. they were designed to do yes. and how they're built, how their data structures are set up, they're not very easily made into good data sources. That could be done, of course.
1: And EMRs is?
0: Uh, electronic medical record.
1: Electronic medical records. Journal. Journal. Yes. System in Swedish, <laughs>
0: Yes. Uh, and extracting data from the those yeah, and are cynically
1: they're built the, the US guys are the top guys and they're built as financial systems yes. rather than for clinical purposes yep. if you're rude
0: if you're uh, well, no, not even rude if yeah, you're clear that's just what they are uh, and uh, the one we use here in Stockholm uh, was built on uh, with PL1 Programming language one.
2: <laughs> it's from the seventies or something. But yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And, and it's not a database at the bottom of it; it's yeah. just a flat file structure. Oh my God. Uh,
1: and and uh, this cannot be replaced easily. Of uh, course, we the, tried to do it many many times.
0: Yes, it takes some time. Uh, and, and the the most recent procurement uh, was stopped.
1: Yeah, but but, and here we come back now. If you're going to build a perfect um, EMR Mm. that that is good for the bosses, it's good for finance and accounting, Mm. and by the way, it should be good for AI, for mm. the triage nurse, good luck with that.
0: No, 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 that that won't go. You'll have to have systems that work together on on the same data type. But coming back to your question, then, what would be really useful is for some automated machine to help sift through, especially mm. for the tough patients, yeah. uh, the really vast amounts of data that are collected in those records, uh, it, it's just a a, a an very arduous task to go through what medication is someone someone who, who has uh, a few conditions, and go through what, what went in, when 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 did it go out, when when did you come here last, what were your symptoms then, and and. It's hard to interpret. It's also hard to interpret because it's humans writing there and you have different writing styles. Yeah. We, we've worked a little bit on some projects with uh, prostate cancer people and and you have a number of different professions there and they express themselves differently. So the oncologists mm. describe one thing in one way, where the pathologists describe <sighs> It in a completely different way. Oh These are actually cultural differences in within how the hosp- you use language. Within the des- hospital? Yeah, within yeah. the hospital to describe the same thing.
2: So, uh, this is actually a very interesting topic because we, we actually work with the journal data and EMR records in, in a number of projects here, and, and we can certainly see how should I phrase it like this, Uh, not horrible, but um, how how different (laughs) medical doctors are when they write journal texts. And and it's really hard to interpret them, even as a human, and especially if you're not like a medical expert, of course. But even if you are, as you say, it's hard to understand medical doctors in other fields. Cool. Uh, But I'd like to, you know, let's imagine if we just take a concrete example and just try to... Uh, reason from that. And and we take the ER example, as you said, we have people coming in with potential heart failure and humans can't really, at least in ER, properly triage them properly. Now we want to build an AI solution for this. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, you need to collect some data to start Mm -hmm. with. And I hope you, if we try to say, you know, what AI is in some Mm -hmm. way, it would be fun to hear if you agree. But I, I think we can all agree that even if AI has made, you know, is extreme progress in recent years, it's still very different what AI do well and what humans yeah. do well. Uh, do you have a definition of that or should I give? Uh, you know, yeah, the,
0: go, go ahead. But, uh,
2: yeah, I, I think you, you more than said it before, you know, AI is really good at going through vast amounts of data very quickly and actually with rather good quality yeah. as well. But humans are good at a lot other things, which is they have a deep background knowledge that uh, AI systems doesn't have. They are very narrow, like the <laughs> narrow kind of AI systems that we have today that only can operate in their small domain and, and nothing externally. And they also, you know, humans, of course, have common sense reasoning in a way that, that w- no one uh, is even close to be able to do with AI today. So the best solution is, of course, to have humans combine with AI yeah. and let's use AI for when you need to go through a lot of data, as you said. Perhaps a large number of general texts, for example, yeah. or whatnot, or a large number of MRI images for you know for the heart or for the brain or whatnot. Yeah. And then when you combine it, you get the best of both. But uh, at least one problem with that is you need access to that data, and mm-hmm. that data is super sensitive, and it has a lot of legal issues. Yes, ha- this is at least something that we have been fighting for a long time. Yes, um, have have you had projects in your innovation center or center for in- innovation? Where you try to make use of more data and AI and are stopped basically by the legal limitations. Have of you the figured hand? out how to do? it?
0: No. Well, what we actually did in, in 2017, we we got a uh, Vinova grant mm-hmm. uh, for a, a test bed, Yes. Uh, but then called Reality Lab, <clears throat> and okay. we called our iAid uh, integrated IA diagnosis. Uh, working with medical imaging mostly because okay. that's sort of the those images reside in our best technical infrastructure for doing this and, and region mm-hmm. Stockholm is fairly condensed on that uh, and, and our idea was not really the, the algorithms themselves but rather the path yeah. that you go through connecting procurement those all, all those different legal parts uh, and we've come quite a way. Mm. We are not there really. Um, uh, we talk about things as you know, we don't give out data. We can't do that, yeah. but we can make data usable. And can, we, can you celebrate
2: what that means? You can't give out, meaning you can't extract and, and hand it out outside, the, outside of exactly. the organization in some way, right? Yeah.
0: So, so working on the data that's one thing. and, and so you these, can process data can as long as you process data. Yes. Yeah. And, and it has to reside in ways and we have to have contr- uh, contracts that are, um, I, I would say we are a fairly good way on uh, on path to, to doing that. But, but
1: this, uh, to help other people listening in the public sector, or, or this is equally a problem, but even but I think it's even worse in, in, in this type of cases. What, what are the practical things that you're doing now to stay compliant, so to speak? So we are talking now that mm-hmm. you, you have one type of system, like, which is built for one purpose. Yeah. Okay. And now that core workflow system or imaging system doesn't have algorithmic capabilities. So we need to, if we want to do analytics on it or whatever AI on it, uh, so we need to, in some way, give it. We need to take it data out of its co- initial purpose into another technology. That way, where we can do
0: yeah.
1: data massaging, data wrangling, ultimately algorithms, and all that.
0: Yeah, and you have to annotate it,
1: and you have to annotate it to get your training data and all that. But, yeah. but what you're saying now. To be safe, mm-hmm. you kind of stay within the same boundary of that department or who got the original responsibility yep. for that data yeah so you kind of then need to build the AI capability within the system owner function I mean like concretely someone owns that original system mm-hmm. and you're trying to stay within that space with yep. the same organization yeah is uh, that what you're talking about concretely not to to be safe so to speak yeah
0: uh, around that and We have, of course, a a set where we can move the data from the production systems Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to somewhere else. To the analytical systems. Exactly. But it's still within our domain. Yeah, and yeah. what is that?
1: It, to be super concrete, yeah. what are we talking? I don't know. <laughs> but is it is it some of data centers, or is it is it departments yeah. within Karolinska? Can it flow from in- one department
0: to another department? Oh yeah, no, uh, this is oh this specifically is called the BFT Build och Funktionstjänsten, okay, uh, which is the medical imaging center, which is uh, regionalized as as a. It doesn't, is, doesn't mean be- between departments. It's one one center.
1: So this is one center who has a, 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 has a, a responsibility and an underlying IT and technology yeah. infrastructure to service that service. Yes. So you kind of need to stay within that organization yeah. and their data center yeah. to feel safe. Yeah. To, because in this way, you stay within that function's responsibility. Yeah. I think this is very, it sounds stupid, but I think those kind of things is really important yeah. to figure out, to crack the nuts, to be yeah. safe.
0: I have a question now. Yeah. Could we have a two minute bio break? <laughs> yeah
2: we could of course let's yeah. Yeah. Sure. do that great perhaps you and Henrik we can we can just stay on and, and just uh, speak a bit
1: uh, oh. yeah so
0: mm. oh, we i just read about this um, i just read about this um uh, new what is it called um joint project between Volvo and Ericsson yeah. Uh, motivated by AI Sweden about uh, it's a physical center actually where they will innovate and uh, share data. Mm. So I was just uh, texting uh, Anders if you know about this. So it's it's good that we're taking break actually because we can talk news.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen your message, but, but actually mm. I must uh, give some compliments to AI Sweden. I think they, they are connecting organizations that otherwise wouldn't work mm. together, like Volvo and Ericsson, but also a lot of other like medical companies. So just, you know, continuing w- with what he was speaking about, you know, f- we have a big project uh, that AI Sweden is also coordinating and helping work with. Uh, I call it MedBert or we call it that. in, in MedBert. Dollar. Yeah. I,
1: I think the MedBert is a good brand.
2: It is good uh, because it's using NLP and the, the latest type of AI techniques, which are all BERT-based kind of models. And what is BERT? Yeah, so it's one of the recent uh, uh, best models, transformer-based NLP models from 2018. And it's been an explosion and a revolution in what you can use AI for. And who, who
1: came up with BERT?
2: Yeah, Google, of course. Google or, Google. Yeah. But F- Facebook has done a lot of amazing things. Yeah. And so has Microsoft in the years afterwards. And, and they all based on the same type of self-attention models that they had.
1: Transformers is all you need. We talked about this. Yes. <laughs> attention. It's exactly called no, attention. No. Is all no. Yeah, Transformers yeah. is all you need. Was a real uh, <laughs> killing the joke. Yes. Yeah.
2: In any case, I think this is a great example of how you just said. I haven't seen your message, but but how we if we have more coordination in Sweden, we can have so many more companies helping each other to innovate. Mm. And and one other example is this MedBert project. It's it's formally called Medical Language Data Lab, uh, financed by Vinova. And it's it's collaborating with uh, Region Halland, for example, and uh, Västra Götalands region, and Sahlgrenska University, and uh, Public Dental Service, and a lot of these kind of big Swedish uh, healthcare organizations. And we're working a lot, and mainly with journal texts. Uh, And this is um, super interesting but also a bit frustrating <laughs> field because in, in many other areas it's much easier to work with data and you can get access to it and even extract it in, in a rather easy way. But luckily, I'm going to say that there are you know a number of new techniques to solve this problem. So even if, for example, they can't in Karolinska extract the data and you need to process it locally, there are these kind of new techniques to use, for example, federated learning is yeah. that's one technique that is... Uh, it's increasing in popularity that allows you to train a model without having to extract it. Exactly. So you can actually move the model inst- instead yeah. to the place where the data exists and yeah. then train it on a part of the data in a federated setting yeah. and still then. Have,
1: uh, yeah, so, the, so so, this problem is so real. So there are several initiatives going on mm. to try to, f- or te- f- techniques to figure that out. Yeah. And, and how to do it even with blockchain and into, into immutable approaches. That's <laughs> okay, sure, if you want to. But federated, uh, bottom line, federated.
2: We, we spoke a bit about yeah. the technique, you know, you mentioned a very important technique. And I think everyone, especially in healthcare, is seeing this. But I would say also yeah. outside of healthcare, even if you go to tech industry and whatnot, they can't share, share data easily. Yeah. And data is super sensitive if it has any kind of user data but also you know it doesn't have to be user data it can be you know sensor data that is sensitive from competitive point of view or whatnot in any case the need to be able to work with data in a decentralized way yeah i think is you know increasing uh, you know so much but luckily there are techniques i'm not sure if you heard of like federated learning and these yeah, kind of well, techniques
0: yeah I, I i've heard a bit about that as well and, and yeah. uh in, in times where, where uh, that's also a, a way we're talking about really, really cutting edge mm. kind of things and, and at parts of our organization yeah. we still run on post-its and faxes. <laughs> yes, yeah. But but the, l- let's
1: go here now a little bit about architecture and infrastructure and the fundamental problem of sharing data mm-hmm. in a compliant way and all that. So w- I, I, I'm working on this very hands-on right now um, and uh, mainly with with with, uh, with Scania and mm-hmm. then and, and then um, another client, uh, Grunfoss, mm-hmm. and where we are starting to collaborate a, a lot around uh, what is the next generation of distributed systems. So I mean like we have talked about uh, technologies technology mm-hmm. like like our core applications and then we have talked about you know web application or microservices. Yep. Uh, And and, and this type of modularized approaches moves more and more into even more data-centric or data-driven products. So if if a microservice is a little bit more lighter, here we're talking about analytical processes or sharing data. And it becomes quite real that the world of data, whether you like it or not, will become decentralized or is decentralized. Um, And grunfoss like my background is in the energy space and mm-hmm. now in, in transportation and, and with greenforce they all have one similar topic in common is that they start to realize they're part of an ecosystem. Yeah. So here's a water ecosystem, you know, from a water pump all up to the sustainable city. Here is a transport ecosystem and here's an energy ecosystem. And for those companies in those industries, this becomes mind blowing because it shifts their whole business, mo- first principles, right, mm-hmm. the m- business model, but when you take that lens and start looking at their uh, legacy IT landscape, it's quite clear, they never thought about it like that. It wasn't built, it was built application centric and not data centric. So can you relate to that? Because my my bet, my view is like, and I, Patrick Ekemo is a a friend in Dega I said, Look, guys, you you need to figure, you need to learn, this is federated uh, governance, this is distributed systems, don't try to, you know, you need to get on that train, yeah. what do you think? I, this is I, my really um, um, my opinion on this.
0: So so <clears throat> if we look at then in, in our perspective, what are the public security systems yeah. doing, because we are working in that space, mm. uh, and and in our space where you do some kind of improvement is very rarely where the financial benefit comes. So okay, so we keep you healthier. We make sure that you go back to work faster. The financial benefit comes from, well, the patient himself or herself can go back to work earlier, less from the insurance systems, and, and, and so on. And, and of course, you can find those ways increasingly more and more complex because we have more and more complex systems that fit together. And you can find root causes to what, what are the risk groups for uh, various kinds of different uh, conditions and you want to preve- prevent them. And you can, I mean, the knowledge is fairly often there about what are the risk behaviors or the risk factors for, for a, a large number of diseases, but can you act on it? And where would the money then come from to act on that? So it's, it's both federated data and, and federated but, financials.
1: Yeah, because and, and this is interesting, uh, because ecosystem thinking, people don't realize that what is the v- value in the transaction and what is the underlying core asset is now potentially separated. Yeah. I mean, in energy is a good example. Like, uh, I, I flip electrons back and forth, yeah. right? And, 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 mm-hmm. and uh, the spot price means that it's a commodity, so you make no margin mm-hmm. on energy. But if my energy bill is more about, okay, and, and the volume is what it is, yeah. but I, I'm rather interested in, in investing in an energy company who helps me lower the fundamental bill. I don't mind on the cent, yeah. on the volume, on, 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 the, on the spot price. I've, I worry about my whole volume. Yeah. So here we have a disconnect for what the actual physical service is all about and what the monetary value is all about. Yes. Very concrete, right? And I think that's everywhere. Yeah,
0: well, we, we have that uh, uh, as well in, in so many different conditions, not least I think would, would be in the chronic conditions. Yes. On, on Your your health levels goes up and down, and can you find what is actually implicating or affecting that? That's so many things, depending on your condition. It could be how, how is uh, how and when do you take your medication? How much have you slept? What have you eaten? How much have you moved? Uh, all those different things affect how you how you're actually feeling and how do you know what you have done then how do you find out the, the data underlying data for what you have done uh, that affects your well-being
1: it's my it's mind blowing both in terms of the complexity how it grows but it also i think it ties back into the fundamental topic of innovation and radical innovation yeah. that when you start studying the ecosystem topic, you can realize that, well, the best way I can improve heart failure rate had nothing to do with the, with the pumps. It had to do with something completely different. Yeah. And by the way, we now need to monetize something else. We need to yeah. p- put together another service. And by the way, it's not in the same department. It's yeah. in a different part of the uh, hospital system.
0: We, we've worked a bit on a, <coughs> and a, on a project with uh, young adults with cancer. Uh, Also in combination with other parts of the social security system. Mm -hmm. And because you are at that age when you normally go through maybe senior education or you get your first job uh, and you're a late teenager and, and there are so many things that make you, I'm not compliant with my medication, but I'm also sick and not earning money, so so my social benefits are based on the absolute minimum, and I miss out on on maybe, you know, my, my student loans, uh, or or I have to stop my studies, and then my then I have to start repaying my student loans after a, a set piece of time, and, and those things don't work together. There's large gaps between chairs, that that because systems don't talk to each other. So let's say there's the life event of I'm 17 and I got cancer or Mm. I'm 19 and I got cancer. I should have. I worked for six months after my high school graduation and Mm. I am not eligible for almost anything.
2: Cool. Uh, The time is flying away. We have like 20 minutes left and I'd like to cover a couple of other topics as well. Interesting. um, You actually made, I think, an uh, interesting uh, comment recently uh, and you just mentioned it now again about systems speaking to each other Yeah. and um, in Sweden we have um, a number of uh, different isolated or yeah, I guess they are talking a bit to each other when it comes to EMR or journal systems no they don't nothing at
0: all? No. I mean a uh, uh, simple example a couple of years ago me and my wife were skiing uh, mm. uh, in the winter holidays and she had sinusitis Yeah. Uh, in uh, In a place where you only have orthopedics in the winter. Uh, uh, But they had to fax her her journal system from Stockholm to to that place to see.
2: Still, you made the remark, which I found a bit interesting recently in the beginning, saying, I'm not in favor of having a single system. Can you just elaborate a bit
3: more?
0: A single monolithic system would be so standardized that you Mm. cannot change anything. Most of the providers of those systems say that they are open, but they're not. If you want to have uh, get a request, I want this and that data that's not in the standardized reports, so you get put in line of their product roadmap, and maybe your request is addressed two years down the line, and that's if you're in the US. Or uh,
1: well, then you start ripping it apart, customizing the hell out of it, yeah. and then you're on your own.
0: Yeah, and then you're completely on your own.
2: So the problem is if two systems become too big and, and they can't really adapt and become too slow and you can't really you know, no, make they, them flexible, is but, uh, that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, and, and, and you can't have, uh, there's so many things happening. Mm. I mean, we have a, a fairly large number of systems just to handle our patients within our hospital. The, the, mm. It's not the, the the electronic medical records that help you plan your, your operations. There's a different system, and
1: and and I I can't stress more. Thank you, God, that someone understands this uh, on on a senior level. That of course, if you build a system to be good to be a financial records system, it is following a process of your business controller. Yeah, that is not the same process as for the. surgeon no. who needs to have the data for the, its purpose and so it would also entail that the guys that builds these all encompassing monolithic systems they should have all the different department professions of a whole hospital inside their coding domain yeah. expertise and in order to understand their processes
0: and agreeing
1: yeah have so we- so so how so now we are t- then we are saying mm-hmm. um, okay you have some core systems i i mm-hmm. give you that then you have this but what we are really talking about is a new world with, with modular, mod, modules or distributed systems mm-hmm. fit for purpose. But what I think is missing now, because you can then go out and do this, you can screw this journey up also. Applications say, you know, small, small application that doesn't talk to each other.
0: You, you can do that. Uh- and, and of course, the underlying data needs to be both stable and secure cure, and the standards, we come to standards in, in, in medicine, are hard. There, there's a number of standards, fire and, and snowmed and so on. But when we say blood pressure, for example, that's not a singly understandable and very well defined entity. No. Uh, it, it's, where did you take it? Was the patient stressed or calm and, 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 and so on? And, so, and we talk about oxygenization. Where did you take it? What was the circumstances and so on? So, And, and all these things is something that worry the medical professions. Of course, we, we need to know what it is we're looking at.
1: So how do you solve this? I mean, like if, if we close this topic, but mm-hmm. the monolith is bad, completely isolated silos is bad. Yeah. What, what, is the, what is the path?
0: I think what what our IT guys uh, who who looked at that they they're looking at the three or four layered approach with sort of the the system of records uh, at the bottom where where you the Gartner Pace yeah, layering the, approach yeah, exactly uh, I think and and then you have various different
1: uh, system of differentiation yeah, system exactly. of innovation
0: uh, and, and and so on and and they have to be plugged in and. You have to remember that our world is a fairly regulated one, which means that barriers to entry are really high. Uh, and that means that the providers of different types of systems, they usually cut very deep into that model on in a narrow space, which is not what we want. Uh, but me, and, and here caregivers are also different. We as a, a large university hospital we can say that we, we want to have this layered approach. A smaller caregiver or, or, or health system uh, in the global market may very well want to say that this is really good. We are specialized in, in, in prostate cancer.
1: So we have a prostate cancer. We have
0: a prostate cancer approach, and we gladly take this monolith, monolith for, one purpose. for one purpose. But we have, I don't know, 450 types of diagnosis.
2: Mm. I mean I guess we can summarize it as, you know, people or systems or people that can mm. communicate is a bad thing. I think it applies equally well to people as for machines, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yep. Um, that that's so <laughs> I, I,
1: I okay, this is the after after work. We we, we need to talk, we, we are go we we are we are we are looked at the at the pace layering and we are leaving it in Scania. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still, you know, I think the medical
2: industry or sector has a lot to learn from tech industry as well. That you know has been working with these kind of problems for a long time, and uh, of course have different uh, conditions and regulation needs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But still, I think there is a lot of if we start to collaborate more between the sectors, I think potentially we can find yeah. novel and innovative uh, ways forward. Hopefully. Very
0: yeah. much so. <clears throat>
2: Cool. Okay, so now I'm trying to to reduce to what we have time to discuss in the coming uh, 10 minutes or so. And, and I actually would like to give you a, a choice. So I'm okay. going to list a couple of topics here. Yep. And, and you can choose what you want to speak a bit more about. Um, one would be like explain, explainability, um, the, uh, the ability for AI system to not only you know, make a prediction, mm-hmm. but also explain why mm-hmm. and the need, especially in medical care okay. for that. Another could be more in um, the recent kind of medical AI breakthroughs, like AlphaFold two, and mm-hmm. be able to do protein folding and the importance of that, and, and how big revolution and use that really is. I guess another could be one of your favorite topic, the pandemic. <laughs> Kidding a bit, but uh, we've seen, for example, uh, I recently watched a video from Moderna, mm-hmm. one of the vaccine providers. Yeah. And they spoke about how they used AI to actually at least use AI in in the reviewing process when they do sequence genomes and whatnot. Uh, That could also be interesting and see basically what AI can help with the pandemic and and what do you think the economical or societal effects will be of uh, the pandemic when it comes to AI. Uh, I think I stopped there.
0: Uh, Pick your favorites? favorites. Yeah. I, I'd like to go, go with the first one then the, the explainability because mm-hmm. we're what we've talked a lot about here today is, is machine working together with man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, especially in, in our field, being able to explain why you propose a certain medication, for example, or a certain mm-hmm. treatment is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if If we are going to build trust, again, between man and machine or or person and machine, uh, then you have to be able to backtrack and say, so how did you come up with Mm -hmm. this suggestion? What made you go through those different points? And that's not really different from what a a conversation could Mm -hmm. look like between person and person as it is exactly.
2: today. And, and let me just challenge you a bit here. And, and mm-hmm. There are different views of this. You know, how do how you build explainability in AI systems? Yeah. We actually in Peltoran has a PhD student looking in specifically into mm. this and, and how, there is so much progress in this field yeah. and I think it's so dearly needed. But one uh, problem I would say with the way people speak about this is they say, um, if a human or a medical doctor uh, says... Uh, this is cancer or not cancer. Mm -hmm. And then you have an AI system saying, this is cancer or not cancer. Mm -hmm. You, I would argue, put higher standards on the AI system to explain why. And what they usually say for AI systems is, we need to see how the model works. We need to have introspection into the model and understand the parameters or given, you know, introspective kind of motivation for why the model came up with this prediction. And then I would argue that, okay, do you do that for a human as well? Uh, If you were to say to me, I have cancer, I don't go and watch your neurons, you know, how they came up with that decision, but I potentially would like to ask and and ask you to explain why.
0: But now now we're in the translation of one to one, sort of saying that let let the machine help the human do what the human already does. Uh, And then you go about training the system on what the human says is right or wrong. Mm. So, so you really need to have good, good Tra- annotation and, mm. and so on to do. Yeah. I would say that yes, that's fine. I was trained on this set, and and because my training set looked like this, this is why I say that this is probably something we should look into further.
3: Yeah.
0: And, and when when it comes to imaging, of course, you can. <laughs> You don't really have to do it on the images, but you can really do it on the raw data, uh, which, which is not interpretable yes. by by a human eye. It would it's much more interesting when you dig deep for connections, as we talked a bit about. Okay, can we can we identify heart failure patients by this and say that because I found this and that and then and and this is between and here's ga- weight gain and here's weight loss and here's uh, mm. fluidation and so on. That's why I think this is a heart failure. This is more reasoning topics. Yeah. Rather than saying this collection of of, uh, interpretation of sensors Mm. from... from, But here uh, we're talking
1: about explainability on on two quite different Mm -hmm. data problems Mm -hmm. in a way, right? Because this is the sort of image recognition of cancer. Yes. Okay. Training a model, annotating a model and, and like this. Whereas this has more to do with the connecting the dots yeah. reasoning, uh, you don't like when I s- n- mention oh, the yeah. knowledge graph <laughs> <all> or <of> that. <laughs> not, re- yeah. not reasoning either, yeah. but that's, that's no, okay. But but I, I, I but, I, but that's, that's, what's the difference here? I mean, like, let me be the dumb one here. Okay, this is kind of clear to me by now. But what is this? What is this reasoning? Or what is this? What? But, uh, but because the problem is real that you're explaining, right? And but Data I, can help. Yeah. Before we move to
2: that, just let me just try to close yeah. the discussion I, I, I had or the reasoning. Is
1: that not I explainable? Or am I well? Recently, topics, you can sorry. so
2: easily dive into that for half an hour more. All right. So, so, so before it's, we do it's that. off explainability. Okay. <laughs> let's let's stick with explainability a little bit longer. Um, what I'm saying is. You know, since we, we actually are doing a lot of research in, in this, there, there is so much progress in having you know, explainability that doesn't mean having to understand the model. And um, I'm, I'm a bit sad when I hear mm. people that may not you know, work with AI themselves, but they say, I don't trust AI models because I can't understand them.
3: Mm.
2: And that statement is super scary to yeah. me. It's like saying to, to you, I don't trust you because I don't understand you. Yeah. If you were to explain why you made a decision, then I would trust you even though I don't understand you.
0: Or, or maybe you wouldn't trust me because you don't agree with me. Yes, that, uh,
2: that, but both of the, those are okay. Yeah. But I don't agree with someone saying I don't trust the system because I don't understand it. I would trust the system as long as it can explain itself.
0: I. This is, I think, fundamentally human again. Mm. Uh, w- we are, <clears throat> if we're looking at self-driving cars, for example, mm. we know perfect example. We we know that the number of accidents per driven kilometer is a lot less. Yes. For still for for cars. self-driving than for human-driven cars. Yes. Still, we put the self-driving cars to a much much higher standard. Yeah. Uh, than and I think than actually that's human.
2: that's okay, but but you would never be able to understand, for one, how mechanically a car works, right? No. I can't explain. It. There are people that can, but I yeah. c- certainly can't. But I'm perfectly fine with driving a car still. Mm. I would even be fine with dr- being a passenger in a self-driving car, um, as long as it can. I can trust it. And then the question is really, how do you build trust? Does it mean that I need to understand every model and parameter that is used in that model?
0: No, I think no. you need to be accustomed to it, and just it's like um, any relationship. You need to work together for a while yeah. and get to know each other and see that, yeah, we agree here. We're on the same path. Uh, but,
1: but it's the key mission to, to gain trust rather than explainability.
3: No, no,
2: no. Mm, not rather. I mean, I think oh, trust
1: I is built because
2: of explainability, but not about understandability. I think the two
1: is very different. Okay, yeah. so now extund- Okay, trust, explainability, understandability yeah so but,
0: but say say okay so so um you work on a design task mm-hmm. okay so so we we're two design students we want to build a web shop
3: mm-hmm.
0: for for gym products okay so we sit and and do that on our own it's it's sort of a thesis work I come up with one design and my colleague come up with with another i said oh you did like that and you did like that good but both of them sort of do the job but differently and i think we 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 don't did as you say we don't dive into how what was your thinking around this we might do that in a discussion afterwards and we yes. learn from each other uh, but saying exactly how did the deep neural network work yeah. and which neurons fired where yeah. uh I think very few people would dive into
2: that. It would be impossible for a human to do yeah. as well. So it would basically exclude the But the, the the, type there's of a
0: lot of regulation also in our field yeah, that mm-hmm. comes back to saying why why did we do this that or the other.
1: Mm-hmm. You need to have a documented decision. I mean, like the, yeah. there's so, the compliance regulatory also states there needs to be a documented analysis or decision yeah so then maybe it's also about how can we build the ai models in such a way so they can produce that type of decision log or whatever that is yeah
2: but also that the regulation is not really on par with you know what the latest type of techniques Uh, were but still i would say you know just to mention since we don't have much time i'd just like to to give you know one hint in you know what the, the latest type yeah. of explainability yeah. really can do today.
3: Yeah.
2: So what you usually see, you mentioned medical imaging for example and you can do a lot there to simply like highlight these areas of the brain was really what was focused on as a positive or a negative part for deciding it was a cancer. This is usually called like um, attribution based yeah. type of explainability which can be used for text or tabular or time series or, uh, or whatnot. But there is also another uh, type of explainability that is now being created uh, which is more generative so instead of attributing to the input data that you use for the decision you ask the model please explain yourself and it actually gives out in natural language mm-hmm. in english or Swedish, saying i think you should prescribe antibiotics because mm-hmm. and then it references the journal text that it was using as input but phrase in even natural language. So, so explain- we, we
1: are getting to a point now that we can actually code the explainability, the generative side of explainability. So we allow the AI itself to pinpoint which data points was the, the important ones. We, not even which
2: data points. To, to really, you know, just if I were to ask you, why do you think I had cancer? Mm-hmm.
1: I would not look in your brain. I would rather ask you, to give why, me an, why? Do you think? And, and, then now, you would describe and this those. is the generative side of yeah. AI that we are not so far away to actually mm-hmm. ask the question and yes. get in natural language
2: back. It works surprisingly well, at least for That's us. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. That's cool. It's, That's. it's really amazing. But, but this is quite far away from what amazing. I think the general I, understanding is.
0: But then I have to ask you, you've worked at Spotify. Yeah. So I like Bill Marex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Lund. Yes. Why on earth does Spotify then recommend Don you know, I hate Don Hylander. <laughs> we, you yeah, cannot yeah. be a Wilmer X fan and like Don Hylander. You don't know how many
2: times we get these questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we had some and, good jokes. About uh, yeah,
2: it, so. if, if we have yeah, a few <laughs> seconds, I can just give yeah. an anecdote. <laughs> exactly similar to what you just said. Yeah. We had a big not a bug, but a problem in the algorithm that recommended songs, and it basically recommended Swedish people, Danish rap music. <laughs> And and then we had a lot of complaints from Swedish people saying, I, for one, hate Danish music. Secondly, I hate uh, rap music. Why the F are you recommending me in Danish rap music? And then we had to look into, you know, what really is happening here. Yeah. And then we could see the problem in the algorithm was shortly described as it was symmetrical. So saying, if people in Sweden like Danish music, then Danish music would like... Swedish music mm. and vice versa, yeah. but in reality that was not the case. So Danish people apparently like Swedish music more than Swedish people like Danish music. So this kind of symmet- symmetrical kind of relationship doesn't really hold,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it broke down. Yeah, so we had to do a lot of tricks to. It could be it. something like this. Yeah, guys. So, so, so people so.
0: who like Don Helander actually have a good taste and also like <laughs> Rex, but people who like <laughs> Rex do not like Don Helander. Yeah. yeah, it could be something. Could be exactly like, could like be that. Exactly yeah.
1: like that. <laughs> yes. That's the symmetric problem.
0: Yeah big problem
2: <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating when you have so many more topics you'd love to, to bring up and we haven't even touched Corona but I, no. I know you're so tired of, of speaking about Covid so we, we perhaps should skip that skip it. and um, cool Stefan and we're running out of time so perhaps we can end with you yeah. know what's next in your life personally or professionally
0: I'm uh, very close now I'm actually going into the woods to hunt with my daughter this oh, weekend. No, no. Uh, that awesome. Awesome. So uh, we, we close every hunting season mm. with bringing the kids so the next generation mm. come out and, and help us. And what killing. are you hunting? Uh, everything on four legs. Everything on <laughs> four legs. Okay, not on two legs. Not birds or no, no, less birds that. and more. There's moose, moose there's sort of wild boar, there's different yeah. kinds of deer.
1: And what, where is your hunting grounds? Where do you go? Is it Outside of strengness. Strengness super nice yeah
0: it's going to be cold this weekend so we'll oh, see yeah. what they can take
1: yeah winter yeah. style
0: and and professionally of course it's it's starting to act on on all those interviews that we talked about what yeah, can we yeah, what yeah. can we distill down and actually
1: and what's your what's and the plan is then to have the new direction set up or something
0: yeah. and 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 revolve around many of those yeah. things yeah
2: so interesting! I wish you can share and public uh, make that public in some way because I, I think so many people could I, learn even from. Even to see how
1: apps. you done it is inspirational for other people to find yeah. an idea of how they could do it. Yeah,
0: we we uh, have a, a fairly active LinkedIn presence and uh, yeah. uh, some very active colleagues. I
1: need to follow that one. Yeah, Erika Erika Nydahl Erika Nydahl in LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. She, she
0: she's actually uh, posted, uh, in the chat. there yeah,
2: <laughs> cool. Perhaps we have a follow up discussion at some point. Uh, yeah. seeing that because I think it's so it's so important topic with innovation, and uh, yeah. if we can just learn from each other and follow good examples like yours, I think we can all but, improve so much. You.
1: But and I, I I would actually want to talk about collaboration around distributed systems because I see it so clearly and hinting hint, th- there's different ways to build the system. So they are working better together. Mm-hmm. So is one thing is to build a system It's another thing to build a system that seamlessly understands and, and shares data with each other.
0: And, so. and when we look at location independent care, yeah. that, that very much comes into play. Yeah. Especially so. if we, well, th- there's implications on that. Of course, I can talk about that for, forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how, how you can make care yes. more equally available throughout our country for example, yeah. where we become more and more specialized.
2: Oh. So, cool, good topic, so good topics, so good topics. Anyone, Stefan, that you would recommend to come on this show? Someone you think we can uh, interrogate uh, in similar yeah, ways I, as ourselves? I think,
0: I think you should talk, talk to Kale Ostrom.
2: I recognize yeah. that. Yeah. name. He, he is, is a awesome.
0: professor of mathematics in Lund. Uh, we've been friends ah. since we were 12 uh, and, and, and really an authority on, on uh, computer vision.
2: Awesome. That's,
1: we will put that on the list. That's so a good. great name
2: Awesome, Stefan. Um, as usual, far too too much to speak about and far too little time to to make use of that <laughs> but i I thank you very much for this
1: time.
0: Thank you and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks thank for
1: being here and what inspirational angles we got on this topic of innovation.
0: very much though so. and and thank you. I've learned a lot as well. <laughs> cool,
1: great to hear.